how I live it. Wait a minute. I live it how I get it. Wait. Come Wait to motherfucking digits. I pull it with a lemon. Wait a minute. Not cause she ain't living. It's just What's up, you guys? It's your girl E and K. Whoop whoop! I'm K, this is E, and we're coming at ya. K and E stand for Kylie and Elizabeth. I don't know why that was added in. We <laughs> can't just ignore that one and keep going with the show. First of all, we would love to offer a congratulations to Giancarlo Stanton, a former guest on the show. Yes, our first guest. You are the 2017 MLB MVP. Congrats. Congratulations. Ati. So, yeah. Honestly, like, we know you're a big listener of the show, so we know you're hearing this, so congratulations. We know that you're going to listen to this, you know? Yeah. We appreciate your view, or your listen. Your listen. Well, no, it's funny, though. Actually, um, I was, I had Emily's phone when we were in the car, and he texted her just casually, and I was just like, oh, shit. I always say congratulations, and he said thank you. He said thank you, ma'am. And I didn't. Miss, miss. Thank you, miss. Miss, don't get it wrong. And I literally was like, Emily, are we best friends with him now? Oh, my gosh. Pretty much. So you heard it here first. We're besties. Yeah. Um, We have a group message coming up soon. He doesn't know it. (laughs) It, it will happen. He'll probably block us in the in the process of it. Yeah. But he, he's, he's one attractive man. And, like, the funny thing is, I don't think he was listed on the, like, sexiest men alive this year. I know. But want to know who was? Who was it, Kyra? I, you say it. I forgot his last name. <laughs> okay. I was trying to lob it up to you. Um, <laughs> it was Blake Shelton, the country singer. Uh, I guess he's engaged or is a boyfriend of Gwen Stefani. Stefani. And it had, like, a lot of backlash. And honestly, like, okay, I want to hear your opinion on this. I don't think he is the sexiest man alive. But I think he does have sexy qualities. He has, like, that southern accent. He has that, like, little laid back. He has that vibe about him that is kind of sexy. He reminds me of, like, a friend's dad. Sorry. He reminds me of a friend's dad that I would, like, be like, her dad's attractive. You know? Good look. He's a good man. Right. Oh, my God. The tweets are so rude. That's, like, that's just... You know, kind of mean. It's not kind of. It's like it's super mean. mean. It's mean. I, and Emily and I were talking about this because we just saw Thor, and like Chris Hemsworth, Jason Momoa, Idris Elba, are just such like sexy men. You know what I mean? They're Adonis. They're like Adonis. They're large. They like protect you. They what they do as men is they bring out the like primal, the need. primal like, and it's not even to the point of like you know, you know explicit things but like it's to the point of like that's a little you know, explicit on my end but like it's no I'm kidding um it's like it's just like they seem like they can take care of you if you were like lost on an island with them they would like protect you like build a fire and like hunt a, whatever you need to eat hunt a deer and do it all with their shirts off looking amazing they just look like they have like that bearded look and Blake Shelton has it too his hair is kind of gelled, though, and the, I guess it's also the roles they play. They play these, like, protective, like, Neanderthal-like roles in their movies, and they just look like, I mean, Jason Momoa, really, out of all of them. And, you know, for, we're forgetting um, uh, Joe Manganiello. Oh, Joe Manganiello, yeah, Sofia Vergara's husband. He he fits in that role also. He fits it's in that, like, oof, my lantern. Oh, my God. They're just, it's like... If one of them walked into a room, I would no- you would notice their presence in a second. And you notice their feel it. And like, like it's like one of those things where I I was telling Kyra this. I texted our group message and I was like, you know how like when you see a guy that's just so attractive and just so manly that like you kinda you kinda gasp. You kinda like 
drop your jaw a little bit because you're just like, whoa, who are you? <laughs> like, that kind of thing. That's what they are. And, and they honestly, are. I got backlash for it. They're like, no, I'm not 13 years old. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. We just erased our like, <laughs> primal needs as a human. No, that's... We're I, not just civilized, you know? If, I, if Chris Hemsworth walked into a room with our friends, they would they drop. Honestly, like, Emily and I were at, like, a tailgate recently, which we... Yeah, we're at a tailgate and, like... At UGA. At UGA. And we saw someone with a similar vibe. It's like Blake Shelton. He was based. Yeah, he was very Blake Shelton esque. Yeah, because he was like Southern. That, he was such a Southern man. And oh he was my like god, a silver fox. he was a silver fox. <laughs> and like literally, he was like across the tailgate from us. And Emily pointed him out. And literally, I was just like, oh, that's the sexiest dad at this tailgate for sure. He was hot. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, guys. And he like, was he was like six five. He wasn't like a buff dude but he you could tell there were a definition and you could tell he probably you know Worked likes out. to hunt or like oh, not even yeah. work out like he he picks up heavy things yeah you, you know he picks up heavy things he can like <laughs> chop some wood and he, was, he like, could chop some wood he could chop good. some wood and like we were like I was like staring and just being like that guy is just so sexy she was so obnoxious she took a snapchat <laughs> she took a snapchat but I don't think people saw it because there were so many people covering him but he was beautiful he was pretty cute he was he if he was famous, he would be listed on the sexiest men alive, I think. Obama was listed on the sexiest men alive. He got sexiest smile. Oh, Obama. I don't know. I don't know if I would call... I guess he... I guess, yeah. I don't know. He's just... He, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. He's sexy in his own right. In his own right, you Yeah. Know? Sexiest president. That's like some people thought Bill Clinton was super hot. Yeah, because he had his, like... He would play, like, jazz, and he had that, like, little he was accent to him. Fox-ish. He was a silver fox. I know who's also a silver fox who I really love. Yeah. Is this like not even talking about just sexiest men? I'm just like, we're just listing people that we find attractive. Who? Peter from The Bachelor had this silver hair. This is a whole hair. separate we're conversation gonna, we no, should have Emily before likes, The Bachelor comes on. Before The Bachelor comes on, we're going to get into it. Because, like, one, Emily liked Brian, I liked Peter. If you watch The Bachelor, you would know what we're talking about. Also, or you might be falling asleep because you can yeah, or you might not care. But something funny is that Emily girl. auditioned to be in the Bachelor. All right, like I said, this is a whole different conversation. We're not talking. Yeah, about, it's not right. relevant right now. Well, you'll hear now. it later. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, so anyway, um, like the Bachelor, usually like the MVP of the Bachelor. So we this can't be common <laughs> theme. In each podcast, we try to go to the MVP. We just have, like, the dumbest transition. <laughs> the most obvious, obvious transition, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bachelor. I bet there's... I bet... Who's there's your bachelor? The MVP of the MVP. Bachelor. Well, the MVP, not of The Bachelor, but honestly, <laughs> the MVP of nothing right now, and I just want to... I don't know if it'll still be relevant when this comes out, but um, LeVar Ball and Donald Trump. Kyra, do you know who LeVar Ball is? I don't know who that is. All right. I'm going to give you a little lesson real quick. Oh, oh. my God. Oh. It's <laughs> learning time on the ball out. Learning time. We'll make All a right. jingle one day. No, we won't. Maybe. Continue. Oh. So. Stop it. <laughs> she hates when I do that. Um, so, LeVar Ball, for you listeners that don't know who he is, he is the father of Lonzo Ball. He plays for the Lakers now. He was, the, I think he was the number two or number one pick. I can't remember, but he also played for UCLA. He has two younger brothers. One is LaMelo Ball, and he's committed to go to UCLA. The other one is LiAngelo Ball. The whole thing about the Ball family is that LeVar, specifically, is very um, proud, you should, you could say, of his kids, to the point where people get irritated by him because he has said that his son Lonzo is going to be the MVP. He's better than Kobe Bryant. He said that LeVar Ball himself, he can take 
Michael Jordan in his prime in a one-on-one basketball tournament. So the dude is very pompous. That's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. He's also very, just very, very proud and has a lot of stock in his kids. Um, so what happened was with Leangelo Ball, he plays for UCLA right now, they went, the UCLA basketball team went overseas to play uh, in China, mm-hmm. like as an exhibition kind of thing, you know, yeah. whatever we're here. Something happened where Leangelo and two other players uh, shoplifted from a store. Now, it doesn't really make sense. They shoplifted, I think it was shoes. In it's China? funny because the, in China. Is so that like a big, like any crime in China is just like. I mean, uh, any crime in any place. I know, but I thought like it was. Well, they didn't, they didn't go to jail is okay. what it was. But the funny thing is that the Ball family, they have their own brand called the Big Baller brand. They don't, they don't. They aren't sponsored by Adidas or Nike I, I or Under like Armour. I've seen this somewhere. BB. I feel like I've seen like a commercial. I don't know if they, I've never seen a commercial for them. Okay, never mind. Maybe I'm mixing up with something. But they do have their own brand. Um, so it's like, why are you shoplifting? Sh- if I'm correct, I don't know if they're shoplifting shoes. I hope they were, but um, not Ooh. in the. I'm the worst. <laughs> so I'm not wrong. Um, but why would you do that if you have your own brand? Um, so anyway, and you get free shoes and shit from. Uh, from uh, UCLA because, you know. fucking dumb. Right. So they shoplifted. It was a big thing. Um, they didn't go to jail. They were just, they just stayed in the the Chinese, one of the Chinese, like, uh, hotels that they were in mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't be, like, detained. And when Donald Trump, he just recently got back from his Asian uh, trip and he asked President Xi, I think that's how you pronounce his name, in, in China, to, re- obviously, because of all the things to be talking about, he asked the president to release the, the ball kid, Leangelo, and the two other UCLA players. Ask them to do that. Do that. I don't know if it was like a thing of like, oh, of course, Trump, I'll do it. Or it was just like a formality like, okay, we've kept it long enough. They can go back to the U.S. Either way, they come back. Then Trump tweets out. Oh, that he should have kept them in jail. He should have kept them oh in jail. Oh, my God. I saw this. Like, I saw a tweet about that. Mm-hmm. Or I heard people were just like, why is he talking about that? And I did not know the backstory. Yep. What the fuck? Okay, literally, like... Yep. Yeah, exactly. Just on, like, both... Like, on all ends, it's just, like... Well, and shoplifting is dumb. Don't shoplift. But, like, also, like, it's a a dumb thing for, like, to be, like... For a president to be, like, just, like... Hey, while we're talking about the (laughs) nuclear codes and, you know, how you guys are building this incredibly large army, um, and you could probably take over our country, like, let's... Can you let these three UCLA <laughs> players out of, out of jail, please? Thanks. Like, like, what? That's like, uh, uh, that's the president. There's so many things that happen. Well, wait. I don't know if we should get, like, just, I don't know. Uh, that's, but, yeah, that's yeah, a whole just, other thing. Yeah, but, like, there's just so many things that just happen. You're like, uh, it's, it's, should the president, should the person who's the president of the United States really have such a strong opinion and be discussing this? Right. When there's so much other things going on. Well, Should this, like, dude be like, uh, just so much, I don't know. The thing is, it's like, so, like I told you how I described LeVar. Um, so, Trump tweets out, now that the three basketball players are out of China and saved from years in jail, LeVar... It was shoplifting. LeVar Ball, the father Fake of news. Angelo, is unaccepting of what I did for his son and that shoplifting is no big deal. I should have left him in jail. And LeVar goes, Who? His response to the president was like, who? And then Is he having a Twitter war? Yes. Shut the fuck up. No, it's not a Twitter war, but it was... And then he goes, shoplifting is a very big deal in China, as it should be, five to ten years in jail. But not to the father... To Father LeVar should have gotten his son out during my next trip to China instead. China told them why they were released. Very ungrateful. And so I'm watching TV today, and I see that LeVar Ball was in an interview on CNN... And I was like, 
why is our president like in a Twitter war with this dude who's like a father? Like, there's so oh. much bigger shit going on that people can be focusing on. Oh my this god, this is dumb and a waste of time. <laughs> this is just dumb on all. That's ends. like what he said to Kim Jong Un. Um, I would never call him <laughs> short and fat. Short and fat. The real. Oh my god! I think I like tweeted Mean Girls two, three. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like World War Three edition. Guys, honestly, god damn it. Yeah, honestly. So they're not the MVP. Don't get that. Yeah. So we don't have an MVP. We're just saying the least amount yeah. of uh, MVP status is those two. The, or those two right now. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's ridiculous. Not surprising. Still ridiculous, though. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But anyway, on to uh, another subject having to do with our personal lives, not the ones of those um, in the media right now. We, as friends, Mm -hmm. out of our friend group, we have about seven girls in total, including us two. Yeah. Um, We are the ones that are notoriously single. Notoriously single. And, like, funny thing is, like, we were um, hanging out with some old friends at their apartment, like... These two guys, and we realized that they were in like relationships, and like a lot of people who we knew who went to our high school were in like long term relationships. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it with them. We're like, "Oh wow, you guys have are in very serious relationships." Good for you. And they're like, "Oh, you guys must have been in like something serious in college." In college. And we're like, "No, we weren't." No, we haven't. And their reaction was like, "Oh, damn, damn." <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Oh shoot." Kyra oh, didn't feel ashamed, but I was I, like, "Oh, I." I guess I'm supposed to be ashamed of being single I since high school. I didn't care. Because, like, I'm not, personally for me, I'm not one who's, like, really looking for a relationship right now for just multiple reasons. I'm in, like, a state of figuring myself out that I don't think that I have, like, I the want. The ability to care someone. Yeah, I don't have, I don't need someone else to, like, be worried about. Or, like, even, like, you know, there's positive stuff for sure. But, like, I'm not looking for that right now. But a lot of our friends are in, like, long relation- in long-term relationships. Yeah. And Emily and I realized that we are also, like, the friends that have, like, divorced parents. And, like, does that – is that a good transition for that? I was looking – I was just listening to you. Okay. Talking. <laughs> you to me really intensely. No. Um, Emily and I realized that out of our friend group, we're the ones with divorced parents. And we're the ones who don't usually have relationships. And we were talking about, like, well, I think, and I think I've read, I read some stuff on it, that, like, when you're, have, when you've seen a dysfunctional relationship, you become very, like, critical of the relationships that you're in, because you don't want to be in something dysfunctional. It's not all, like, ro- like, you know, you don't see, like, a fairy tale, you see, like, what can go wrong, so you, like, look at, like, relationships, and you're, like, I don't want to be in that, I don't want to deal with that, I don't, like... I like see the I see the red flags. And I'm going to like pay a lot of attention to that and not just ignore it. And I think that kind of affected. I don't know. At least my take. I no, definitely think my parents being divorced affected my take. I don't mind it. I don't think that's like mind what mind being single and like having that. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think like when I do find someone and like when I finally do like date someone, it's not going to be. It will be worth it. You know what I mean. Like, it will be, like, some, like, if I finally said settle down, that's because I really found someone that I care to settle down with. I mean, you know but you'd I mean? think with the people who are in these relationships, they oh, yeah, think no, they, that they're going to settle down, too. No, but. that's true. I, I think it's just for me, I'm just overly critical. So when it finally happens, you know, it'll be a very, like, a r- very real one for me. I think for everyone else, they find their real thing. They find a real relationship, and it works for them. I think it's just, like, I don't know how to phrase it. No, I know. I, I mean, I think it's more of... Okay, I would say they are more, I think, 
I can't say that people who have divorced parents are pickier. Because that's, I don't think that's the truth. I mean, ah, well. I don't know if it's pickier. It's just you're just so, like, cautious. And, like, I think that's the right word. You're more cautious of, like, people that enter in your life. And, like. Well, I think, for me, when I get into relationships, like, there could be a thing. So, like, I like a guy for however much I like him, whatever. But the moment he shows a little too much interest in me, I'm like, oh, nope. Nope, that's not being cautious. That's definitely something interesting about you. Is that, like, with you and your... I don't even think... I don't know this has to do with parents or, like, I don't know if that's being cautious. It's, like, I feel like that's your defense mechanism sometimes. I don't... I'm not even sure if it's your defense mechanism. It's not really a defense mechanism. I don't know what it is. You don't like when they start showing I don't like when they value me. No, <laughs> like, you don't like that. And it's, like, kind of a problem. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. But Go ahead. I, I think it's just, like... It's very interesting because, like, if you you like the chase, you really like the chase. But when someone shows, wait, I hate that. I hate. I actually hate the chase. But I think that that's the most involved you are in that relation. Like, that's the most like you're like focused on like how to react, how to like interact or whatever. Mm-hmm. Once you've got them, you're like, okay, this is fun. Like, you have like a grace period. But once they start showing way too much interest, like that's when you're just like. No. Well, not only I'm thinking about the guys that I've been like, ha and then like, I all about, and then I figure out that they like are into me too. After the fact, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of glad that they showed me interest because they weren't good for me anyway. No, I mean, there might be like, they might just have not been the person for you. I'm just thinking about like, just like certain people. That's what I'm saying. The oh, same okay. people. Like, the yeah, the people. same people. And they just in, the, in the long run, they weren't like, good mm. for you. And so it was just maybe you just know it and you take that on and you realize that you just don't like them. And that's why you just cut it. I mean, yeah, I think that's what it is. But it's always usually right when they Right when show, they start showing it. Like, but you were, like, in a relationship cool. and, like, it was a fucking in high tug of war. Yeah, in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it was well, just, Well, that's like, the thing. Because he would, he would show me too much interest. Yeah. And then I'd break up with him. Then you'd be like, and then like when he didn't care, that's when you're like, oh my god, he looks so good in that shirt. Yep. And then like when he was like, yep. let's hang out, I miss you, you'd be like, oh my god, I, I'm busy. Yes. <laughs> yep. He actually, uh, this person texted me the other night and said like a slew of things that were like similar to like, oh, like I liked hanging out with you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> That's like the problem. Mm, no. I don't, it's tiring. <laughs> Wait, as a friend of you and like seeing that for years, I don't get how he stays with that. Like, how I don't he, know like, how he deals with me either. Like, oh my God, it's tiring. <laughs> I'm like, pick one. Sorry, I'm all my friends. I suck. No, I feel I'm like tired every, of me every friend, like every person in any group has that thing that people get annoyed with and then like deal with it. Like, I, you, you think? Know? Yeah, everyone has their, like... Their quirks. Their quirks. And real friends stick through it. I guess, you know, one thing... Um, I guess if we wanted to, if we have enough listeners by then, um, <laughs> <laughs> we should, uh, we should um, submit your comments. Yeah. And say what... Like, if you are, you know, the notoriously single person out of your friend group, and why do you think that is? Yeah, if you want to message us, we have a Facebook the ball out with E and K, and mm-hmm. we will respond. So, e- actually, if you have any thoughts or whatever, send it to us, and we'd love to hear it. Or if you're the one who's notoriously in a relationship and you have friends that aren't, 
What do you, why do you think they aren't? Yeah, and, and also, like, let me, like, make this clear. I think it's good when people are in, in relationships. Like, I see how it's so great for my friends who are in it, and I'm so happy for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, like it's really, like, great, and you can see that it's their best friend and that they have, like, that connection. It's just, personally, for me, for so many reasons, I don't ha- want that right now. And that's always been, like, a discussion with our friends because I think they think that I, I don't know. I don't, that you what? I think they think that I don't. It's her birthday. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. One message, happy birthday. Um, I don't know. I just think that they think that I, like, don't think what they have is, like, a great thing. And I really do believe that their relationships are great things and that they should be totally happy content with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't like when they try to force that on me. When they try to, like, there was one time where they were really trying to, like, get into it and they're like well you should be in a relationship because this this and this like i don't understand why you don't want to be in it and it's like not no like everyone oh like it was like a bunch of people coming at me and i that's just my personal preference you have to like respect each other's things you know and like i said when i actually end up in a relationship i think that's when you'll be like oh shit kyra must really like this person you know like he's worth the time he's worth the time so you know do you whatever you're doing do it if you want to date, date. If you don't want to date, don't date. If you want to get married, just don't feel pressured to date somebody because of your friends or because of your family. Because you'll end up being unhappy. Exactly. Don't do something you feel pressured. I think that's like an issue. Like, I don't know. My family definitely will like try to push people on me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, thank you. They tried to set me up with one of the Braxton kids. Yeah, I don't like them family. Yeah, no. I'm yeah. not into that either because they never really know what my type they is. They don't know what your type is. Mm-hmm. It's weird because then they try to make you talk to each other and uh-huh. they're like, hi. <laughs> like, especially when they know and you're like, they, they end up being into you. Yeah. And you're like, um, I feel awkward because I'm not into you. And then my parents have to tell your parents that I'm not into <laughs> you and it's just not it's just happening. It's a family affair thing. But to finish up, um, we have an interview with Omar Miller. Um, he's Charles Green on HBO's Ballers and Walter Simmons on CSI Miami. And he's in a number of movies as well, including Eight Mile, Miracle at St. Anna, um, and other movies too. So interviews coming up next. Thank you for coming on, Omar. We are so excited to have you. Um, you sound excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Um, I'll try to tone it down. So we first met at the game two of the World Series. Um, we were up in the commissioner's box actually, and I was talking to Troy Garrity, and he said he was like, "Oh, like I think it was you and Giancarlo Stanton were talking." Um, we actually had him on last week, and I was wondering, I was like, "You guys seem like you were such good friends already." But was that your first time meeting him? No, no, no. He did an episode of uh, Ballers. Yeah, a couple years ago. He was in the first season of Ballers. Was he and really? So, yeah, yeah, he's in the, the either the ninth or the tenth episode, the first episode of the uh, of first uh, season of the series. And so I knew him from there, and we're also both from uh, from L.A. Right. And so, um, but then I knew him from Miami. He actually hooked me up one time, and we I got stranded at a party on uh, Star Island, and he was leaving. And there was no Ubers and no phone service. <laughs> and he actually gave me a ride back to the beach. And uh, and then, you know, we just became friends from there. But he's, oh. that's the homie. I'm so nice. happy for him. That MVP is a big deal. That's not a, that's no small thing. Oh, no. You know what? He's living up to his contract. 
and hopefully we get him in L.A. Because they, they're saying that <laughs> Jeter, ever since Jeter came in, he's saying that they want to move him. Right. And, you know, there's no money shortage in Los Angeles, so he might as well come out here and protect Cody Bellinger. Well, you saw, I saw something today about how the Giants, like, have formally put in, you know, their request for him, and then they uh, are in deep discussions according to ESPN right now. So that would be... That would actually suck for you if they <laughs> he went to the Giants instead of... Because he punishes the Dodgers. And I tell you what else, he's the kind of guy that if, uh, you know, he remains healthy and he can single-handedly carry the Giants franchise because yeah. despite the Giants being absolutely terrible this year, they're not actually that far away from being the three-time World Series champs that they are. You think? Really? <laughs> I'm telling you. And if you listen to the podcast, I actually like the Giants this year. Um, this past year and before it fell apart, nobody knew Mark Melanson was going to get hurt and, mm. and they couldn't close games. And, you know, there was a lot of things that went wrong with them. But in real life, man, if you actually just look at their, their roster, they got a lot of studs up there. And they can make some noise given, you know, the right the right setup. So if you add Giancarlo to that lineup and you have Giancarlo protecting Buster Posey or mm. rather probably it would work the other way around, you got problems on your hands, man. That's, That's true. a serious problem. Because Buster's going to hit you 300-something, and he's going to give you bombs, and he's going to give you ribeyes, and he's going to take his walks. You throw him in there with my, uh, with with, with uh, Hunter Pence. almost called him Mike Pence. I'm sorry. <laughs> I disrespect you. You throw him in there with Pence. You throw him in there with, with, uh, with Buster and with Joe Panic, And, you know, I don't know who they're going to have in center. If they're going to stay with the non-span, if they're going to get a uh, – uh, seems like they're – looking for a youth movement up there yeah. but they got to get somebody to close games ultimately they you know this is the problem they got to be able to shut the door they could have they could have beat the cubs if they would have been able to shut the door i mean they just johnny cueto just re-exercised his option to stay in san francisco right which means that you got problems because johnny cueto is as good of a pitcher as anybody in all of baseball and uh madison bumgarner is going to stop playing around with motorcycles so he can actually <laughs> pitch the whole year mm-hmm you know, you got Jeff Samarja, who if I was them, I would turn into a closer instead of letting him start because he's too iffy when it comes to starting. And they got that kid that's really good that, that just had a rough go, but he's a really good, really young named Ty Block. Right. Really good pitcher. I was going to say, uh, the Giants had the least out of, like, the whole year, you know, it was all about home runs. I feel like the Giants had the le- I saw something, they had the least home runs out of any team in the MLB. So I guess they would definitely benefit from... <laughs> John Carlo beating there. Although I will say, when we he was on the podcast, we were like, you know what, you should come to Atlanta because uh, <laughs> SunTrust Park is known to be a launch pad now, and he might have. I don't know how uh, AT and T Park is compared to SunTrust as far as home runs go, but we said that he should definitely come there because he would probably have sixty home runs compared to the fifty nine he had this year. Um, so we're marketing for him right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't think one home run is going to make a difference for him. But, and I tell you what, I also don't think the park is going to make a difference because when that big fella hits him, they go. It doesn't matter where he hits him. He gets the ball out of Yellowstone National Park. The thing is, is AT&T is tough to get it out of there. It's heavy air. It's right on the water. And the stadium is actually huge other than the uh, right field fence. Other than that, the stadium is hard to hit bombs out there. Not yet. If you look at the numbers since they opened, nobody's hit crazy bombs except for Barry Bonds. Baron Bonds, I have mixed feelings about. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and that's my point. That's my point. Right, that's true. That's Truthfully, true. if I was the Giants, I would make a heavy, heavy play for Giancarlo and for Bryce Harper. 
because Bryce could make a killing in, in, in AT&T in right field. Do you think Bryce and Giancarlo, I mean, although Giancarlo is not a big personality per se, I feel like they're two big stars, and I feel like maybe Bryce would try to vibe for that star spot while Giancarlo is like, he just naturally gets it. You know what I mean? I think the G is, is a team player. I don't okay. think he's a. I don't think he's looking for the for the light like that. Right. And you know what? It also goes with being. You see it in nature. Big dogs don't cause problems. You know, it's always a little dog that always wants to cause a problem, and it's the same way with big people usually. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. He's right. a giant. That's how it works. I'm you know, physically, he's a giant. <laughs> <laughs> he's a marlin still. As far as exactly. Now, do you think, I guess, segueing off of that, do you think the balls were juiced this year? No. Why is that? I don't think the balls are juiced. I think that guys throw harder, and I think that hitters are no longer concerned with making contact and with uh, striking out. So, if you add those factors, if somebody was telling me when I played baseball that I could strike out as many times Mm -hmm. as it took to hit 40 home runs or 30 home runs, doesn't matter what my average is, and my whole focus is hitting home runs, guess what? I'm going to hit 30 bombs. I might hit 206, but I'm going to hit 30 bombs. I mean, that's what and happened that's with what, Aaron Judge. That's what people, well, that's not true. That's not true at all. No? Aaron Judge ended up hitting like 285. Oh, well, as far as that, strikeouts, he had the most. He had a lot of strikeouts, but that, strikeout, you, can't, yeah. you can't front on him because he actually he actually had a lot of walks, and he, he hit near 300, which is mm. unheard of nowadays for the sluggers. You know, you, you have guys now, I'm telling you, I'm sound like Old Man River, but <laughs> it, when, I was, when I was coming up, there's no chance that you could hit close to 200 and stay in the show. I don't care how many bombs you hit. That just wasn't, like, you didn't, you couldn't get a job. Mm-hmm. So now, that's not a problem. They're absolutely A-OK with hitting bombs and, and striking out a lot. That's just, that's just part for the course. That's what you do. But does that make baseball, I feel like no one wants to watch strikeouts anymore. Like, does that, with baseball, the MLB really That's trying That's not true. That's not true. No? Look at Chris, Chris Hill just struck out 300-some people. He was a total phenom. I guess. Chris Hill just strikes out 250 people. Kershaw strikes out 14 guys a night sometimes, right. you know? And people like to see that. So it works well for the fandom. I think part of what's going on is that there's been... There's a compromise that has taken place in society where since basketball and football, which are more instant gratification type sports, Mm -hmm. are very, very popular, people are less interested in the sport like a baseball that there's something going on. There's always action in the game, but only if you actually know the game. Exactly. It doesn't work if you're not not savvy of the game. But on that note, do you think that they need to – that's what I'm saying, like – for the fan right now, like, strikeouts are great. But, like, for the fan, like, for example, like, Kyra is sitting here. She doesn't know <laughs> a thing about baseball. And every all my friends, they think it's boring. So, like, and I think the home run helped that. But, like, at the same time, it's like, are they going to want to watch Kershaw hitting? You know, what are you going to grab for ESPN for, like, a sports center highlight for a no-hitter? Except for, like, the end, you know? Nah, I don't think that's the case. But I'm completely biased. Wait, Ultimately, same. to me... The better baseball that's played is automatically attractive. It's like a curvy woman. The better they play <laughs> baseball, the more attracted everybody's going to be to it. it will not is, if you don't watch baseball because you think it's slow and boring, putting up 
four fingers for an intentional walk is not going to make you watch baseball more. That's true. Now, what make you what might intrigue you is is during an intentional walk, a guy throwing a ball away, and and then that can cause some more action. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you change the rules now so that they have all these stupid rules about staying on the bag because some guys got hurt. If they were playing the game the right way, would have gotten out of the way. Mm-hmm. You play the game since you're a little boy. You know what? When you play the game the right way, you don't get hurt. So Ruben Tejada got his leg broke because Chase Utley played the game the right way, and mm-hmm. Ruben decided to spin the wrong way. Buster Posey broke his leg at home plate. Now we no longer have collisions at home plate. You have these long replays that actually are stupid. Well, I mean, you saw that uh, one of the things that released today is they're trying to change the pitch clock to 20 seconds now. Terrible. There's no, this isn't, you know, one of the best things about baseball is is that baseball is not a game that's played on a clock. Baseball is played with the amount of outs that you have, and the clock is the number of opportunities that you have. This is why the game is the best game ever invented, because it's like life. Because you have a set number of opportunities that come your way. It's not about a clock. This is why when when basketball games are blowouts and football games are blowouts, you see miraculous uh, officiating that make the games closer so that those games can still be watchable because they don't want to lose people turning off for advertising. Mm -hmm. Baseball is not meant to be played on the clock. It's such a well-designed game. It just has to be explained. If you don't understand it, you won't think it's good. And that's why the game is so important. Baseball is a game that fathers give to sons, families give to each other. You know what I mean? And if you don't have families giving them to each other, then you're going to run out of, then you're going to look for cheap tricks that could include juice balls and so on and so forth. I've never heard someone explain it so freaking well. I wish my friends could hear all of that. I cannot Jesus. with this podcast. While you were no, saying... I'm sorry, they will hear it unless you're not recording. <laughs> oh, no, they will yeah. hear it. I'm going to make sure they hear it. While you were saying that, Emily was giving you, like, a fist bump in the air. Because she like, loved yes. hearing that. Yes. Um, but switching gears to something um, a little more, I guess, pop culture-like for everyone else. So, Ballers is the highest rated HBO show right now. Um, do you have a favorite HBO show that you like to watch? Other than, obviously, your own? You know what? I actually have been waiting for Game of Thrones to end before I can start it. And everybody tells me it's one of the best shows ever. I'm not really a fantasy dude. I tried to watch the first episode and somebody was getting raped. And it was just, I wasn't ready. So I couldn't really <laughs> I couldn't really get into it. Uh, but there are a few other shows that I watch. Uh, I'm trying to watch Curb, but I'm not. Uh, I didn't start that from the beginning, so that's kind of tricky. Um, I am actively waiting for True Detective to come back because I love True Detective. I like the anthology series on HBO. I love True Detective, and I love The Night Of. The Night Of is one of my favorite shows ever created, ever. came out last year. It was fantastic. Right. Those many series are really good. I I mean, nobody does them better than HBO. No. Speaking of, since Ballers, what is one of the top shows on HBO? Did you have any idea when you started it that it would get such a great reception from everyone? You never know how, when you make art, you never know what how it's going to be received. That's not what it's about. You can't. I can't make people like stuff. I can only do what I like. And then hopefully what I like as the artist translates for 
into what the audience wants to see. And that's my job as the artist, to make that appealing. So it's great that it's so well received. I knew that there was going to be a lot of eyes on us because this is, uh, if this was a gambling situation, this would be the favorite, not the underdog. We get the biggest movie star in the world. Mm -hmm. We have maybe the second biggest movie star in the world producing the show. We have one of the top directors in the world directing and producing the show. So people, and we're on the, the, the best cable network out. So the show is supposed to succeed. And I went in thinking that, you know, for that, for my part, to have to do my part to help make that, you know, come to fruition. Now, do you think, do you agree with the people's opinions likening ballers um, to entourage in the athlete spectrum? I think that there's some, that you could, you could trace some DNA there if you want to. Me personally, I don't, you know, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of elements that are tied, so I can see why people do that, but People usually try to make something. They all—it's like people coming up to me and asking me if I'm in the blind side. And the reason they want to do that is because it's easy for people to think, "Oh, it's the big black dude. He must be in the football movie." Right. I have a picture on my phone and on my Instagram of me and Quentin Aaron, who actually did star in the Blind Side, mm-hmm. and we look nothing alike. No. And yet, people constantly come up to me and ask me, "How was it working with Sandra Bullock?" Well, I love the Blind Side, so it's like. People like to draw similarities to other stuff that they're familiar with and they like because it's easy. And with the as hectic as times are nowadays, nobody really wants to think all that much. And I think that uh, about their entertainment. And I think that's one of the reasons they draw those comparisons. Whether or not I agree with it doesn't really matter. Right. Now, I think I think when it comes to the show itself, there's a lot of things that are the same, and then there's one specific thing that's different, which is my character and his storyline, because nobody on Entourage was married with kids and was actually dealing with like an adult space. There was a lot of uh, fantasy and youth, so this is something that you know is going really well for me. Now, speaking of your character, in the first season, you had a little trouble with not infidelity. I mean, to an extent, it was that um, you had girls texting you, and we asked Giancarlo last week about, you know, the athlete life, and just in general, dealing with players as a millennial woman. Now, do you have, especially from your player and maybe even your friend's experience, do you have any advice on how to spot out a player and, you know, if he's being untruthful, like your character was for a little bit? I mean, it's a whole other conversation, but I'm a person who doesn't, I don't believe you ever really know everything about a person, even if you live in a hundred years, so... If a person wants to be a player, then they're gonna do what they're gonna do. They're gonna play on, play it. And then if not, then they're they're not going to. So yeah, I think you just have to roll with it. Spotting it out, I don't really think it's that hard to spot a player. Right. Because players are attractive. And the street and the street it goes it's a two way street. I know as many or more women that are creeping than than dudes. Don't you can't you, everybody's complicit in this thing. It's a it's just the the nature of society now. We live in a hypersexualized society that has been woven together by social media, which makes the possibilities endless. And that's a serious issue. It well, requires more self-discipline than, than we have as a society. Right. Now, I guess on that note, for social media, do you think it's okay for women to slide in DMs? Yeah, actually. I don't, and whether or not I think it's okay, it definitely mm-hmm. happens. Right. So it's it's a it's something. I think that we're in a, a a paradigm shift in society now on what it is that the the what is what is acceptable, not acceptable, 
expected behavior, so on and so forth. And I think that that's something that everybody has to examine on their own. But I think that, you know, if women are attracted to someone that they otherwise, if they don't see that person approaching them, you know, there's a, there's a tactful way to make your attraction to someone known. You don't have to, you know, you have to send a dick pic. <laughs> you know, you can, there's, there's this tact to this thing. And that's something that I think is lost on the millennials because of social media and because millennials are all about text and nobody wants to get on the phone. Mm-hmm. And, and in that sense, there's a, it's kind of like the president Cheeto. There's a lowered bar of expectation <laughs> from, from, from the, the relationship in general. There's people expect they, they truly now people truly expect the conversations to happen and for the bond to be built via text. Mm-hmm. And it's just not healthy because you can't, you can't get the intangibles through text. I but agree. what you can do in text is manipulate conversations, which make you seem way more clever and witty than you actually are, which is then how you get tricked out your draws by a play. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love this. I love this. I'm going to tell all my friends this, and they're going to listen to it too. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. This is actually a great conversation. There you go. Well, thanks for having me. I'll catch you guys uh, on the baseball field. All right, <laughs> sounds thank good. You. So yeah, that was a great interview. Um, Omar's great. He's, he's so a, fun to talk to. He's him. such a great guy. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, like I said, we're going to finish each episode off with who's invited to... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, who's invited to the ENK tailgate? The tailgate invitee today is Demi Lovato. Why is it Demi Lovato? Because um, as of recent, especially after watching her... Um, I think it's called So Complicated or something on uh, YouTube, her documentary. You have a more of a glimpse into who she is as a person and the struggles she's gone through. And not that you should know person's struggles and love them more because of it, although that is kind of, I guess that's how it's supposed to go. Um, she is much more relatable now. Um, I can't relate to the you know drug addiction and the alcohol addiction, but she uh, is definitely more like into her um, sexual side. I think Not she, that I can totally... Um, yeah, no, I think she's becoming very more... What's more confident with herself? You know, Like, we've all, like, seen, you know, through, like, a glass. Like, we're not there, but we've all seen that she's gone through struggles. She went to rehab. She had her mm-hmm. moments. She had the Skyscraper song. And, like... During the Skyscraper song, she was still doing... She's still going through it. And drugs, now it yeah. seems like she's very confident with herself, her body, like, her, like, music, her life. She's on Raya. She's trying to date... And she's, she's into to, athletes. She's into athletes. So she's just trying to, she's figuring it out. She's doing her. And like, honestly, like if you see her Instagram, she's doing herself well. Like she's she rocking bomb. it. She looks bomb. So like. The other thing is she, she's not fully through it yet. She's not fully through she, it. She said she still struggles with her eating disorders. And so it's like, you're going through it still with her, but you're like, you know what? You're trying to own it. You're doing the thing. And I appreciate it. This might be like too much, but like, honestly, that's like after, uh, <clears throat> Anyone who's ever dealt with anything knows that, like, you get through it, there's good and bad days, and, like, you're never fully finished. Like, sometimes, I don't know, it can always come back. So I think it's very relatable that she understands that, like, you know, she's struggling. Everyone struggles, but as long as you're, like, working hard and you're improving each day, then you're 
doing it. You're doing yeah. it well. Yeah. So she's invited to the tailgate. What will she bring? Uh, you know, she should bring Nick Jonas with her. <laughs> I was she don't need to bring food. <laughs> she just needs to bring Nick. <laughs> okay. You got, okay, what food would she bring? No, no, I, no, I, I, no I agree. I find that funny. Emily, she can be the plug for Emily and Nick Jonas. Yeah. And all of her mini men that Emily wants to date. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. Thanks. So we have so far Cardi B and Demi. Demi. Okay, maybe we should invite a guy next time. Next time we'll invite a guy. We'll see. Maybe. Okay. We're all feminists, so we don't want guys around. <laughs> we okay? all know guys ruin shit. They ruin everything. Okay, okay. just kidding. <laughs> all right. Uh <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Emily sounded crazy for a second. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. We have a lot coming for you in the next few episodes. So you gonna say that every episode? Emily, shut the fuck we up. We have a lot coming we for have, you in the next few episodes. We always have a lot coming for them because we care about our viewers or listeners. listeners. You view it too. I mean, you might look at the picture. Anyway, so thanks for joining us. This is the ball out with Ian K. Nope, <laughs> we're not gonna do that one. Cut. This is the ball out with Ian K.